So, Father, we just thank you for uh, this uh, opportunity that you and your mercy, your grace, your unconditional love has predetermined and pre-planned this time for us to come together and receive your loving counsel uh, for us uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit takes what Christ has done in terms of what he's done for you and what he's done especially for us that are in Christ and potentially for all those that don't have him yet. And so thank you for uh, this morning and thank you for your precious word. And we are counting on you, Lord. We're counting on God, the Holy Spirit, this morning to take the things, the things that has to do with the person of Christ and the work that he's accomplished and what that entails and all of its uh, beauty and finishedness. And so thank you, Lord. And just prepare our hearts in a very beautiful, humble, and sobering way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the first thing, uh, the verse that comes to my mind, and this is what God had done uh, by, uh, and, and I'm speaking for myself personally, uh, and what God did, and, and what he was teaching me as we went away, but what, what, what really amounted to was just, just a few hours over 24 hours. And we, we went to a trip to Rockport in, in Gloucester, Massachusetts area. And, uh, and then we left really early, like at, uh, say, around 5 in the morning. And, and we got there approximately 8, a little bit after and maybe a little bit later. And uh, and while we were there, obviously, and, and again, I'll speak for myself, I was able to, to enjoy uh, God's creation. I was really able to, uh, to enjoy that and, and look at his beauty, the beauty of the ocean and, and the surrounding area, and just how incredible, even, in in the world in its ruined state, in the world system of Satan and how man under Satan does his best to really try and 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 just uh, the enemy uh, trying to ruin God's creation, but still able to see and appreciate the majesty and the power and the beauty of God's creation, and able to witness that. And then also to witness, to see uh, so many uh, individuals just functioning in an unsaved state, uh, just watching that and able to, at the same time, it, God was doing two things in me. I, of course, was enjoying his creation. We had a, a beautiful meal at, at what was called the fish shack. and in and Rockport, able to to uh, have a really beautiful dinner that just was was very very good, and uh, and then able to appreciate that I was appreciating it, but at the same time, at the same time, I'm looking and observing people 
and seeing them, uh, not judging them through the flesh, but seeing them through the eyes of, of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and just seeing individuals so lost and in such a hurry and so driven by the enemy and by the flesh. At the same time, enjoying and tasting the food and being thankful, being thankful with that we had the opportunity that this be with, with each other, a few of God's people, and, and in this way protected, but yet still seeing so many, God, that just so many uh, of those that were lost. And and it was doing an amazing, it was doing amazing things in me. Now, Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, without a vision, the people perish, the people cast off restraint, the people become ungovernable. Meaning they don't have the government and the authority of God's love and his protection over them. And so they cast off restraint. And uh, this is what happens with the unsaved. Because uh, they don't have Christ as their vision. They don't have the light to dispel and do away with the darkness. And the same thing can happen, and God was teaching me this too as I looked at, you know, we just, uh, you know, we were at a restaurant, and I just watched these people. and and. The people that were working there, the young women that were working there, and I saw multitudes of a lot of men, but I was looking at women and how the enemy causes them to even dress and to uncover themselves in measure and at the same time to mock them and just to mock them because God did create them in his image. Uh, potentially in, in a brand new image in Christ and how at the beach uh, so many scantily clad people, but not seeing it in terms of judging and condemning them because God would never do that. He doesn't condemn them. The enemies caused them to live in a self-condemned state where he can mock them and expose them to a ridicule or expose them to the eyes of men and even other women that were lust and and again still at the beach just just enjoying being with with the ones that we were with god's people uh, just a few but thank god and again in matthew 18 20 where two or three are gathered together in his name and his name there means it's the name of christ has to do with his person and the work that he has accomplished and just being protected by that and enjoying it too, but just seeing and watching and observing these people on, on the beach and, and uh, just uh, in, their, in their lost state, in their deceived state. And in Revelations 12, 9, and, and as the enemy in their deceived state, even in their unsaved state, he will deceive them so he can accuse them, just like he'll do even much more to those that are Christ, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll accuse them in Revelations 12, 9 because Christ is in them and there's no shame. There is no shame in who, who Christ is in us and what he's done 
with a with the old man crucifying him in Romans six one to six, and then paying for all our sins and removing them in Psalm one hundred and three and verse twelve, and uh, just being protected in that way and enjoying His creation, but yet seeing uh, these people, it was almost in a sense of uh, where He had you know Ezekiel in, in three and verse fifteen, He was sitting where they sat. Now, in that sense, we were sitting where they sat, but our our view about ourselves, about God, about Christ, and about them was totally different, uh, being protected in his love, but seeing them in their lost state. And that's what Ezekiel 3 and verse 15, it says, he sat where they sat, and he became overwhelmed. Um, and so that was what it was like. It, and for me, enjoying the food at the restaurant and then walking through the town and seeing people doing their best to have some sense of enjoyment and really some sense of escape from, from the darkness of their condemnation and their guilt that the enemy will so deceive them and yet still accuse them. And, and, and I was very thankful that there is no condemnation for me and no guilt in me in Romans 8, verse 1, because of the spiritual laws revealed in Romans 8, 2, and 3. And uh, that's what it was like at the beach. And these things, as God was giving them to me this morning in, 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 a, in a more deeper and in, in, uh, a deeper uh, intimacy and understanding in which will be brought out tomorrow. Uh, I just wanted, he just wanted to, I believe that God wanted to lay the foundation for us this morning. And uh, again, just in what he was teaching me. And then I saw, we went to the next morning, we, we went to a restaurant in Gloucester and, and we, we had to wait about 35 minutes. So we went across the street to a little playground, which was by the ocean. Again, just beautiful views of his creation. And then I saw what seemed to be a very young single father with a little son who was a little son who was 22 months old. And I was able to just communicate with him a little bit, trying to break the ice. And others said that were there, that were with me, felt, like there was like a hardness with him and you know things that happen to us and when we don't understand them when destructive things happen to us and from others and then when we do destructive things to ourselves and there's no way out and we become very hard and we can be hard like that and uh, little little boys uh, and little girls they get hardened when they're young and then they grow up as young men or women still hardened. And, and uh, we just see how these things uh, operate. I was able to see it. And then I was able to see in that young man. And I was just about just to, to prepare uh, to, to give him the gospel, to witness to Christ. He just completely, it was almost literally when I was going, he just literally picked up his son and just left and left so quickly, but still not having that opportunity to give him Christ. Uh, I was able just to pray for him. 
uh, from the time I saw him on the way home through last night and early this morning and just praying for that man's salvation. And then we went after we got the call to go in and to have the breakfast. And again, we went in there and, and the breakfast was very good. But the place was charged with an atmosphere where I just witnessed people driven. Not liking it, but functioning in it. I watched the owner who was the cook and I watched him functioning in a, in a fallen nature and seeing how he was just so busy, yet I just so irritated and, 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 and doing his best to try and deal with the things that he couldn't deal with. And I, I just saw this irritation and I saw it in the staff as they were busy and overwhelmed and the place was very busy, very popular place. And again, the food was very, very good. The breakfast food, I believe that we all had was very, very good. But that man, I watched him and he was so charged and it just brought me back. And then in my own life, the way that I learned and I was learning in Boston as a 14 year old learning a trade. And I saw in that man how he was so driven and so irritated, so angry, but still functioning. And when things wouldn't go right, and of course being overwhelmed with stress and anxiety and no way of escaping, uh, just so angry and uh, not able to receive love. And I saw an old man, an old man was like three or four feet from us, sitting on a stool at the, at the bar there, eating his breakfast. And, and the man sneezed and the guy that was the, the owner that was doing the cooking in his driven state said to the man, he said, God bless you. And I said it almost at the same time. And the guy said, oh, the old man, hold. said, I don't believe in that stuff. I don't believe in any of that. And then the man, the, the man that said, God bless you, the owner who was the, the cook there at the, at the grill, Said, okay, then, Gesundheit, Gesundheit, you know. And uh, I just watched all of this, but I, without judging them, just being thankful for because that's how I functioned. That's how that's how I learned. I learned by uh, you know, and not blaming or making excuses, but it was the same way I saw that, and 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 so thankful that God had taken me out of that troubled, just troubled, uh, just evil troubled state and giving me a standing and a position in Christ in Romans uh, 5, 1 and 2 and delivering me and, and but able to see that but able still to see how that man was functioning in an unsaved, unsaved state is the same way that I, without submission to Christ, total dependence upon him and the authority of his love in my flesh, I go right back to that. And I was able to see that, and God used that in a way just to teach me and show me all about the flesh and its lusts and its insatiability and, and how many people tried to escape. And I saw some sweet people there 
uh, sweet. And there, some, and we met uh, some that were from Salem and they had their dogs and we had an exchange with them when we went to look at the lighthouse and, and walk on a, a granite jetty that went literally a quarter mile out to sea because we didn't do all that way. The waves, the power of the waves just uh, were just starting to fly <laughs> over that jetty and we were getting wet so we had to turn around. But then we met that couple and they, tr and they escaped. They use a time of escaping, but yet, you know, this reminded me uh, uh, in Job 20, the 28th chapter of Job and how many people go to the ocean and yet the ocean cries out what you're looking for, what you're trying to escape and use for. It's not in me. And the ocean speaks that. And Psalm 19, one through six, his creation speaks volumes to even the unsaved that don't hear the word of God. And it, of course, it, it, uh, it doesn't do away with our loving, gracious responsibility when God does give us the opportunity to share Christ without fear, without condemnation, and without guilt. Uh, but I was able to see that in them and uh, some people. And then we were driving by, driving to this lighthouse to go and, and look at. And we were going by <laughs> what seemed to be a one multi-million dollar home after another. And I just was thinking, and, and, and seeing uh, these, uh, the people and how they can live in those houses and have all of that. And just like Solomon, who, who was, was a trillionaire in today's economy, a trillionaire with wealth, he had more money and more women than he knew what to do with. And he said in Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse two, he said, oh, vanity, vanity it's all vanity and what is it that we all this labor what does our labor give us it may give us a multi-million dollar home but just be so lost still and i was able to see that and i was able to see uh, the, the multitudes and this is the vision that god was giving me about myself and learning the flesh without condemnation and guilt and being thankful and, and then just seeing these others. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, it says if, if our gospel, that our gospel, what is it without Christ? If our Christ, our gospel, our father, our, our, our interpreter and our scholar and our theologian, the Holy Spirit, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And then it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God, of this world, the religious God of this world. You know, the religious God, like Cain, who in Genesis 4 and verse 16 to 24 went out from the presence of God and he built this city like so many build these homes and, and, and build their businesses and make money and think that that can replace God Almighty. I think that we could enjoy his creation as a creature without total submission to him in this lost and dying state. And I could see in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, how the God of this world blinds the minds of them which believe not. The word blind there means he makes them hard. I saw so many people 
I saw so many that they were hardened. And you can be a gentle person yet still be hardened. And I saw, again, like that cook, that man in this lost state, just so hard. And then I was looking at women there, another waitress who was cleaning the tables. And I saw the fear in her face and hardness, but then the fear and, and uh, just able uh, to just tell her briefly, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be praying for you. And I did, and I'm, by God's grace, just praying for that woman's salvation. And then just listening to the language, the hateful, uh, despicable, evil language that I used to hear as a young, as a young man and being instructed in the world's ways of hardness and the lie of what success was and and how they were they, these people were so driven and i just saw how those that were over me they were so driven multimillionaires and they were so driven and then i could see how when i received that without blaming anybody how i was so driven in the flesh and 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 then god showing me and the beauty of what we have in Christ. And what a lesson it was. This lesson, yes, the beauty of his creation, but the even higher beauty, and that's what Psalm 19, 1 through 6 is creation, is to prepare us for the 7 through 14 verses about how is the law, the law of Christ in the word and what he's accomplished in propitiation for his to his father and for us as a substitute to be reconciled. And I was seeing all of that. And in one sense, I just felt like I didn't want to leave those people. I, I just felt like I, I want to stay and just tell them about God's love and what he did for me. Ezekiel was like in 3.15. It says, he sat where they sat multitudes. Once again, God teaching me, you see, Ed, nothing can replace me. Nothing, no material thing. They don't amount to anything. Furthermore, they'll go back to the dust. Those that cling to their gold and silver. Eventually all humanity. And Isaiah 2 and verse 20 will we'll throw it to the bats and the moles. It won't do them any good when the judgment of God comes down in wrath because not having his precious son as their savior. So I was able to see all of these things and God was able to deal with me personally in areas that, of the flesh that's in me that I'm not of and then showing me and, and the authority of his love and what he's accomplished. You see, that's why we're here in time. We're not to find a comfortable, suitable little place to settle down in the world and live as Christians like the world and, and then bring the world uh, into, the, into the world through our flesh and, and not at all. And that's what God was, was teaching me and showing me. And again, I enjoyed it the ocean air and, and, and the, the powerful waves, you know, and then the calm waves and the sun that he gave us. We were praying for uh, a beautiful day 
the, that Saturday, uh, just the, the Saturday before yesterday. And then, and I was praying for that we would have good weather so that we could enjoy at the, at the beach. Enjoy, and God did that. He gave us some cloud cover, enough sun to make some of us crispy. But it was a beautiful and, and precious time to be able to enjoy with those that I was with that are Christ and, and just, to, just to spend time there but just to see these people and, and again, how the enemy hates men and women and causes them to do self-destructive things so he can mock them. He's a mocker. The enemy is a hateful mocker. And, uh, and, and uh, he, the thief has come, and I was witnessing that, to steal in John 10, 10, 8, to kill and destroy but yet Christ in us, he's come that they might have life. And what an opportunity. Uh, and just to be able to pray and to be led by God and, and in quiet comfort and rest in his love. And, and really, that's what I was doing. I was resting in God's love, enjoying his creation, but seeing and resting in his love and seeing others without any guilt, condemnation, or mocking, or accusation, or accusing. Just being able to, to see them the way that Christ uh, sees them and what he's done potentially for them. And really what he's done for us, truthfully, what he's done for us and how he has to constantly, so that we experience the intimacy of his love and the strength and desire of his love for us in separating the flesh that's in us that we're not of in Romans 8, verse 9, so that we can experience the intimacy of his love. Because that's all we're taking off this planet. We're not taking another thing. We're here for God's glory, to be blessed, but to be a blessing for other, for others. And God does not make us comfortable so that we can be comfortable and settle down in the world, but to make us comforters and epistles of his mercy and grace without any guilt or condemnation, without any evermore being driven by the flesh that's in us that we're not of, and then become his ministers in 2 Corinthians 3, 1 to 6. And not to preach ourselves, but to preach Christ, not flesh mixed with it. Here's grace, but mixed with condemnation and guilt and accusation in 2 Corinthians 4, 5. No. He was teaching me, and he wants to teach all of us, of course, in 2 Corinthians 2, 2, to make a determination to see everyone in their potential in Christ, Christ crucified for us in reality and potentially for the unsaved. Potentially for the unsaved, but a reality for who we are in Christ. So that their faith is not resting in us. This is, second, this is 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5 but their faith may reside in Christ. And this was my lesson of going there. And boy, the enemy didn't want it. He didn't want it. He didn't want that. That's why I knew, I, I didn't know how much I needed to go away to see in others without condemning what God has so delivered me from and showing me once again we were able, God was giving us this through the weeks 
and teaching us again that the flesh in us as believers that we're not of, and God will use it to humble us if grace doesn't do it. It show us that the flesh in us is not one speck better than the most evil, unsafe people. Not even a little bit. And that Christ is all. In Colossians 3.11, he is all. And oh, how he desires to be in all, like he's in us. And Lord, we just thank you for your, your precious counsel. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for what we have. You know how the time is so short. You know how I just ask you for your specific direction. And of course, we'll never see that until we rest in, in your love, until we lay our heads on Jesus' bosom, the pillow of God's comfort, God's heart revealed through Christ in John 13, 23. Then we can see ourselves separated from the flesh and then to see others in their tremendous potential and then realize the opportunity in time that God has given us. Yes, first and foremost, to prepare us for a deep, intimate fellowship in Revelations 2 and verse 17, that nothing ever again in time, minus the enemy in eternity, where there'll be no distraction, no disturbance from receiving his love that will pass that, the knowledge, but still loving us in Ephesians 3 and verse 19, but also showing us the opportunity that we have to be able to sit in Christ and rest not a false burden or false need, but to rest and see who he would direct us to, to give this glorious message of our, the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ and how much, how time is, God has given us that. The eternity of who God is has given us this parenthesis of time. And the time is short in 1 Corinthians 7.29. We need and God so deeply wants to redeem the time in us personally and do it for others because the days are evil, ponderous, active evil, and direct and hated accusation against the divine will, perfect, beautiful will and love of God against it. In Ephesians 5.16, because soon the reality of Revelations 10.6, time will be no more. And then all of us will, will enter into the fixedness, the unchanging truth of eternity in Revelations 22 and verse 11. Some that are just will be just still, but some that are filthy without Christ in a lost and ruined state will be filthy still for all eternity, no matter what the universalists in their deception will teach, and no matter what the annihilationists will teach the reality of eternity. And God, we thank you so much that we can rest in your love and have your view, have a vision. In Proverbs 29, 18, a vision for Christ and who he is and what he's accomplished for us and potentially for others. And that we can be your ministers in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. We can be your ambassadors but God can use us in 2 Corinthians 5, 19 to beseech them to be reconciled to God. 
There is no second chance after dead. We don't believe the lie of universalism. We don't believe the lie of annihilation. Revelations 20, 11 to 15 does completely away with the lie of annihilationism. And it's brought out again in, in John 3 and verse 36. These are dealing with eternal realities. And thank you, Father, for what you've done. We thank you and praise you for your creation. And we, we thank you and, and praise you most for the creation that you've made us to be in Christ in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.